0: Good afternoon, thank you for being back in your place. If you would stand, we'll get started with our service. Psalms 34, verse number eight says, "O oh, taste and see that the Lord is good; blessed is the man that trusteth in Him." It's good to be back in the Lord's house. Trent, would you open us in a word prayer, please?
1: And join me sing page four forty nine, dwelling in Beulah.
0: Page 63, what a day that was. You may be seated. <laughs> I stood there as they tried him for crimes he hadn't done. No one else believed it, but I just knew he was the one. I slid back into the crowd, trying to go unseen. But when Pilot cried out behind, he pointed straight to me. My friends, they all cheered me. As I took the whip in hand, placing stripes upon the back of this guiltless man, the way he turned and looked at me from my mind I can't erase, I'll never forget. By this Till the day I die me by surprise when I saw love in his eyes he said I'm too
2: All right, you made it back are you ready to stay awake i guess that's up to him right all right brother hardy you come preach
1: for
3: us thank you i had this little note y'all probably seen these before preachers got kiss on it k-i-s-s you know what it means yeah keep it short stupid <laughs> Oh, you never know what, you think these these wives are all so sweet and you know, (laughs) not always exactly that way. We're going to be in Philippians chapter 4 for a little bit today,
1: Philippians chapter 4.
3: Well, I think y'all know we're from Oklahoma at least for the last um, 50 years. But I was born and raised in Texas, and my wife was from New York. I should get a reward when we get to heaven for living with a Yankee all these years or whatever. I don't know if I'll get one or not. But as part of the introduction here a little bit, you know, a lot of the experiences in life help people to understand things, and being in Texas, and I went to college in Springfield, Missouri. So in Texas, I, I rode on good roads, and they were free, nice roads. And uh, when I got to Missouri, I was on good roads, and they were free. But in between, you had to go through Oklahoma, the worst roads I'd ever been on, and they charged us for it. And I remembered when I was a little boy, my mama talked about highway robbery. <laughs> And I never knew what it was till I went to Oklahoma. <laughs> uh, so anyway, well, let's stand for a moment. I might be good, and then at least you won't go to sleep for the next 60 or 90 seconds. And, and I won't blame you. Eating makes you sleepy. That's just all there is to it. But better than starving, so it's, the alternative is better. Philippians chapter 4, just verses 6, 7. In eight. And for title, I would just call this How to Keep Your Heart and Your Mind. How to Keep Your Heart and Your Mind. Verse six Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue... And if there be any praise, think on these things. Thank you, Father, for the time we have to get together again today. Thank you for the truth of your word. Thank you again for the music. We appreciate that. Those spend their time to um, help us understand more about you with godly music. Pray that you would illumine our hearts and minds to understand Bible truth. We never know when a particular verse will meet a particular need for a man or a woman or a young person. And we pray that you would have your perfect way in our lives and we give you all the credit in Jesus' name. Amen. Maybe seated. Well, probably if you're young enough, maybe this is not anything you deal with very much, but I think now even quicker than used to that people begin to have these concerns. And Americans, I think, really are struggling with it. Maybe more than I can ever remember. I read a statistic just a few years ago, so I don't know if it'd still be accurate now, but that Americans made up 5% of the world's population, but Americans by themselves consumed 80% of the world's prescription drugs. Does that say anything to you? 80%. Now, again, that may not be that way. I'm sure it's not. It's changing all the time, but I remember reading that and writing it down, and it's because of a lot of changes in America. Now, I remember my dad's generation really well, uh, down in Waco, Texas. I was born in Waco, and early on, after my dad was in the war and when he came back and so forth, and no one had very much, and we'd spend a certain amount of time over at my grandparents' house, and they would usually have something to eat, and it'd usually be a big pot of pinto beans with a couple of strips of maybe a ham in there or whatever, or it might be, um, I don't know if you should call them noodles, not like spaghetti, but the other ones are about this long, and there'll be a big pot of that with one can of tomatoes in it to give it a little bit of flavor, and, uh, and pretty much every day, it was going to be one of those two, or both of those two, or whatever the case. And so my, my mom and dad, and then um, my, my mom's uh, brothers and sisters might come over, and they would have like a 10,000 piece puzzle. I don't know how many it was, but it was big. Somebody had found a mattress box, you know, a big piece of cardboard, and they would put that on a dining room table, and there would be a wire hanging out of the ceiling kind of like this with about a 40-watt bulb on it. <laughs> and there wasn't one receptacle in the whole house, Pastor. You Nowhere know to plug things in. That's just the way it was. And they would all gather around and start working on those puzzles. Now, as guys will go outside and play kick the can. Anybody ever play kick the what do y'all kick up here <laughs> well, we played it was fun, play kick the can, yeah, well some of the ladies are I don't know what you guys were doing about that time, but playing kick the can now my you know i didn't my I had a sister later on, she wasn't born yet at that time, but the ladies around there would get my grandma's mop and curl its hair. I thought what a waste of time, you know to curl my <laughs> grandma's mob's hair, and all these things would take place. And then my folks would play into the wee hours of the night, about 8.30, <laughs> and they'd take that big piece of cardboard, slide it under the bed, and everybody would go home. You know, people didn't have much in the way of problems back then as far as, whatever. you know what I mean, just pressures of life. And the medicines, you could put all the medicine we ever had when I was a kid in what we called a cigar box. It was a cigar box. My dad didn't smoke cigars, but anybody had a cigar box, that'd be your medicine cabinet. Right now, it would take a pickup truck to carry a lot of people's medicine cabinet. You know what I mean? There's no end of all this stuff, you know, that they make. So when I look at my dad's life, and a lot of it was hard, I would say that it was very hard but it was very simple life today in my physically speaking primarily not hard now some are but there's a lot of pencil pushers and key operators and all that kind of back then it was hard and simple today it's easy and complex and people are not handling that as well as they did hard and simple just maybe the way it was. I remember reading this from G. Kimmel Morgan a while back. He said, Mind is a master power that molds and makes, and man is mind, and forevermore he takes. The tool of thought, and shaping what he wills, brings forth a thousand goods or a thousand ills. He seeks, he thinks in secret, but it comes to pass. The environment is but his looking glass. A lot of books back then were popular on power of positive thinking, cybernetics, and things like that. But even to right now, there's so many people on a lot more medicine than they ought to be taking. Now, I'm not a doctor, at least not a medical one, and I, so I'm not telling you what to do about any of that, but I'm just saying I meet enough people that's messed up by it as I do people that are taken care of by it. And so I really don't know But I think there's some scripture here that would be a help to us about that, and and that's what I want us to think about just a little bit. Now, the one way I really remember kind of getting into this text, and reason it came to my heart so very much, there's two words in the Bible that means word. The one you're most familiar with is logos. Logos is the primary Greek word for word. We would say in English, word. And when you read it like this in English, it would be logos. But the other one is rhema. I think that would be spelled as close as you get, R-H-E-M-A. Rhema was more of a specific word. So in the Bible, logos could be any word, but rhema would probably be a more specific word. In other words, something that would maybe push your button. It don't really help you out in a situation or whatever the case. So for me, when I came to Oklahoma, first of all, again, I'm from Texas, I don't like Oklahoma. And I didn't like it to begin with because of the first ticket I think I ever got was in Oklahoma. About two o'clock in the morning, going back to Baptist Bible College, and I was doing 62 and a 55, and I didn't see anybody for three hours but the highway patrolman. And he was a Baptist and he still gave me a ticket. (laughs) kind of a horrible thing. So I had already made my mind up. I wasn't going to Oklahoma. Now, I had to go through there, but I didn't have to do anything else. And so when I finished my work after Bible college, I worked for Raymond Tracy at Seminole Baptist Temple, great pastor, had a college class, grew like crazy. We still have a college class reunion every two years i never even heard of a college class reunion before, you know. I mean, a Sunday school college class reunion, not at college, but whatever the case, and that was just really great. So uh, it, now it was time for me to leave the church where I worked. I knew it was time, and I'd been there three years, and the class had been great, and I'm thinking now I either need to pastor or I need to do something else. I don't know what to do. And while I'm looking, I got a call from Baptist Bible College, and he said, there's a church in Oklahoma, and I said, I'm not interested And they said, no, 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 Uh, I just want somebody to come in and fill in for one Sunday. I said, I'll pray about it. And I prayed about it and I said, one Sunday, that's it. And so Grace and I went down and I don't want to tell you the whole story about it because it was all that great. The church was three years old. The pastor who started it, I think, is, did as good a job as any man could do. It was three years old, running about 50-something people, had been a little bit larger, had gone back down, and so I I just got there to preach. So the uh, word I got from Baptist Bible College is, he just wanted a Sunday off, he would meet me there, get us a motel, get us something to eat, whatever the case, because I was kind of broke about that time. And we get there, and nobody's there, but we found the church, and the church was open, and... It would seat about 125 max, walked around that little bit, and waited for a long time thinking a pastor would show up, and of course he never showed up. And uh, it was probably a miscommunication between him and the school. I don't know, I'm not uh, upset with anybody about that. But we didn't have much money, and we got one of those motels, which you wouldn't really probably want, but we got one. And we had enough money for one of Treacherous Fish and Chips. Any of y'all ever been to Arthur Treacherous? It's kind of like a Long John Silver. Yeah, okay. So, Really? It may have been, yeah. It had two pieces of fish, and so I got one, my wife got one, we ate it, and that was it. <laughs> and, uh, and they didn't have any breakfast at this motel we stayed in. We were about ready to get out of there anyway. You know how those go. And we went over to the church and walked in. There was about four men standing there, and I I stood. They looked at me, and I looked at them. It was a standoff for a little while. And one of them said, you a preacher? I said, I'm working on it. Cause I never had pastored, done hardly any preaching. And he said, uh, do you teach Sunday school? I said, yep. Well, anyway, I said, yeah, I'm working on it. He said, well, we need a preacher today. And then asked me about Sunday school, and I said, yeah, I'm a Sunday school teacher. Well, we need one of those too. You lead singing? <laughs> 4 4 <laughs> at Calvary, just over and over again, or something like that, maybe. None of this crazy beach, you know, whatever. Well, we need one of those. So I got to do, I'd had any breakfast. I am starving nearly to death. And uh, so I, I made it through all of that, and they took us to Casa Bonita. Did you ever go to Casa Bonita? And anybody else ever go to Casa Bonita in Tulsa? Yay! That place would seat about 800 people. That was the biggest Mexican restaurant I'd ever seen, and they took us over. Remember they had a little thing with a flag on it, and you eat your meal, and if you want another one, you just raise it, and they bring another one? I wore that flagpole out that <laughs> day. So that evening, that afternoon, they said, the Preacher, and we had, like I said, 50-something people there, uh, I was going to preach that night. He said, "We're going. Us men are going to have a little meeting about four o'clock. Uh, would you mind coming?" And I thought, "I can't go back to Springfield till it's over tonight. I just will, you know, go." So I went over there, and I think there was five of them, and around the table in a little portable building they had out back. And I was just sitting there in a chair, and I wasn't right beside them. I was probably almost as far, probably where Pastor's sitting right now. It's probably about right here. And they started talking about all the money they owed and how far back it was and how many checks they'd already written, but they didn't have the money to cover it and pay for it. And I mean, it was bad. It was, it was really pitiful. Of course, it's not bothering me because I didn't have anything to do with it. You know? And so finally they quit talking. And so I looked at them for a little and I said, what are y'all going to do? And this one man with silver hair, his name was Don Leach. He was from Michigan down in Texas, they always called the pastor preacher. Um, Some we'd call him pastor, but usually I think down in Texas always preacher, preacher, preacher. And, but he was from Michigan. He wasn't from Texas. And I can't look at you like he looked at me. But I'll never forget his look. This is one of those kind of people that looked like grace was dripping off their face. And he
1: said, Pastor, we don't know what to do. I got mad. You could have shot an
3: arrow through my heart. And I said, You, you knew I wouldn't come to Oklahoma. <laughs> I didn't want to come to Oklahoma. I don't like Oklahoma. And I went out and told her she was waiting in the car. I said, Sure as my name is Dave Hardy. We're gonna wind up in Oklahoma. <laughs> and we did, and I'm saying all that just to get going here, is that got phone calls every day about what kind of testimony is it for a church to be behind on its bills which is horrible Christians should never do that if you can't pay for it don't get it don't ruin the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by not paying the bills on time and you know I, I didn't live that way or grow up that way and so it's really tough you said what's that got to do with it how to keep your heart and mind you haven't figured out yet how that had to do with it I'm telling you, I suffered. Because how am I going to talk to someone that we owed money to and we don't have any money to pay them? So let's look at our text. So the first thing I want you to note here, and it's easier said than done, in verse 6, be careful for nothing. It's, it just means no emotional overload. And if you kind of look at these words, be careful for nothing. Now, I use that a lot when I was a teenager and I first got in my car. Look at my mom and say, be careful, David, and I'd get the Bible out and say, I don't have to, mama, look at this. Be careful for nothing. <laughs> I'm going to burn the tires off of that. Well, anyway, so now we have missionaries and people here that speak other languages. You know that English is <clears throat> Greek and uh, you know Latin and Spanish, and some of those are much closer than our English. So if in English you might would say something like, I have a... Uh, what a big red barn. The Greeks are going to say, we have a barn. It's big and it's red. You say, what's the point? Well, what's the most in thing, important thing, the red or the barn? Are you, get, you know what I mean? Ours is not the best. I'm saying when we look at these words like this, it doesn't say right, be careful for nothing. What you need to really look at is, be full of cares for no reason. That's what it says. He said, easier said than done, absolutely, but God doesn't tell us to do something we can't do. But I know people that can't make it if they don't get to worry. I remember my mom and dad telling me, don't cry over spilled milk, son. Well, I never did spill any milk or water, but it took me a long time to kind of figure that out. But you know, do you know some people, probably you do, and maybe some right here, and I'm not trying to be unheard of anybody, but I don't think they could make it if they didn't have something to worry about. You you get them together with someone, and all they're going to talk about is troubles. We all got troubles if you don't know it. And we're tired of hearing yours. (laughs) Now, as old folks can talk to each other like that, amen, (laughs) we got aches and pains, and we can't remember stuff, and all this is going on. a lot more to deal with now than I had to back in that time. Be but be full of cares for nothing. It means absolutely no reason. So it's just something that the Bible says. You say, Well, what am I supposed to do about it? Quit. I was thinking about what was that preacher that used to preach twenty minute sermons of doctor Henderson. And he was a pastor for a while. I think he probably should have been an evangelist. Some guy come in because he'd been on alcohol for a long time and couldn't seem to get off of it and poured out his heart to Dr. Henderson and said, what do I do? And he said, quit. (laughs) (laughs) And dismissed him. So you could find out what he really means. That is really to take care of it and pay attention. So I was looking at this, and I had read a story not too long before this. It was years ago not too long after Six Flags Over Texas had opened up between Fort Worth and Dallas, right in Arlington's where I lived. And so some uh, young people farther down south in Texas, I think, was probably about six hours away. The young people had been working and washing cars and mowing yards, going to get enough money, load on the church bus, and they're going to Six Flags Over Texas. And they got about halfway, typical Baptist church bus, (laughs) And that thing went down. <laughs> so people had to get in their cars and drive two, three hours and pick them up and bring them back. And I mean, it was a somber, it was a bad day. And then a week or two later, the youth director was still down. You know, he was in the Mully grubs. He's thrilled having a bad time about it. And the pastor said to him, What's wrong with you? You act like there's been a tragedy. He said, there has been a tragedy. These young people worked all this time and are ready to go and now you know, our bus won't make it. And, and if that's not a tragedy, what is? The pastor said, well, if you'd got that bus across a railroad track and a train was coming and you couldn't get it off,
1: you'd have a tragedy. And then I read
3: someplace else about something like that and they said, Make sure you don't treat an aggravation like a tragedy lest God has to show you the difference in the two. Now, some people do that. They treat an aggravation as if the world was coming to an end. And you can do that if you want, but you'll pay for it. And the people that you're around and influenced will probably wind up paying for that too. So all of us have issues like that. So be careful for nothing, but in everything. So here we go. Well, what do you do instead of worrying? Well, how about something novel like praying? Is that what it says? Be careful for nothing. Don't be full of cares for any reason. But in everything, by prayer, prayer is primarily asking. It's okay. God doesn't mind for us to ask. In supplication, you see, what's the difference? Prayer could just be asking, Lord, I could use whatever supplication. He says, Lord, I really need this. And explain to him, maybe, from your viewpoint, Lord, this really needs to come to pass. Supplication is just a little bit stronger request. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. Well, here's an interesting word we just saw, thanksgiving. Always asking for something else without hardly ever thanking him for all this stuff. God's given me more stuff than I can keep up with. You're kind of that way. Can't hardly store it all. And then we want to buy something else. Americans have got to be the world's worst. Because we're do-it-yourself people. You know, most of the other countries I've been in, they don't like have Home Depot and Lowe's and stuff like that. You go pay somebody to come out and fix it. But I know that's not true everywhere. But many times, that's the way it is. Well, it cares for no reason, but in my prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. I think Thanksgiving is the most important one of all. To thank the Lord what's already come our way. And I think God is more ready to listen. But if we can do that, note in the next verse, the peace of God. And the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And I want you to hold your spot there and just briefly turn back to Romans chapter 5. And then we're going to go right back to Philippians and, and finish that part up there is a difference in peace with God and the peace of God.
1: Now, in Romans chapter 5, we're talking
3: about salvation. Therefore, being justified by faith, saved by faith through grace, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace, and the word is with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, you can be a saved person And have peace with God. Know that you and God are not at odds with each other. You know, you're trying to serve Him, and He's trying to help you and so forth. But that's not the same as the peace of God. Because we can be getting along with God just fine, but still, our mind is full of care. Now, I can't speak for everybody else here. I struggle more with that now when I'm older than when I was younger. Because I have more things that go wrong with, you know, I've worked this body pretty hard. I still do and everything like that. I'm, you know, I'm energetic to a degree and uh, like to jog and just about kill myself jogging here a, a while back as the concrete was sticking up and I missed it and I was doing about Mach 3 when I hit the concrete, but <laughs> I've got some pictures of that that just turns everybody off, whatever the case. But the peace of God sometimes is missing. It can be because of bills, it can be because of sickness, it can be because of all kinds of things. What good do you think you're going to do fretting about it all the time? You know what you're going to do?
1: You're going to add to it. You're going to hurt yourself. You just need to somehow
3: quit that. You know about the only way you can do it? It's to think about something else. You can't think in a blank. I'm just telling you it won't work. And there's always something... That, you know, you maybe would like to think about. It will be pleasant for you to think about. As long as it's something right, it's not something wrong. Then do it. And the peace of God which passes. Look at this. All understanding. Now look what it'll keep. Hearts and minds. Did you know there's a lot of people here today that don't have all their parts? Say <laughs> so you missing any? Yeah. Somebody, is it your brain? Well, <laughs> It is really little. This is a six and seven-eighths head. That's about the size of a five-year-old boy. But those of you with big heads, to whom much is given, much shall be required. <laughs> God bless you. <laughs> the peace of God which passed on shall keep your hearts and your minds. Now, you can live without appendix. I don't have one. And some of you others have them. And tonsils, when I was like in Texas, when you got like six or seven years old, I don't know what it was. I mean, I don't, I mean they were coming out. Whether they caused you trouble. Your tonsils and your head nose were coming out. Well, I don't miss them, and I don't miss the appendix as far as I know. But some things you can't do without. And you're not making it without a heart or a mind. You've got to have it. And the Bible knows it. And that's what it reminds us. You take care of that heart. Ain't take care of that mind. See, how do you take care of your heart? One thing is, don't sit around all the time. Get up and do something. Get some exercise. Let me give you a great old axiom. It's one of the greatest axioms I ever heard. I've lived my whole life by it. Use it or lose it. I'm getting a lot of amens out of this. Well, it's head shakes. You see, what do you mean? Well, you know, I'll be 79 here pretty quick. And sometimes I do, when I'm preaching someplace, I'm doing something on worship, you know, where you kind of kneel like that or something, and uh, I'll meet someone that's 50 years old, and they'll say, I can't do that. I said, really? Now, don't misunderstand me. I'll make fun of anybody. But what I want to say to you is, did you do it when you could? If you didn't, then you did it. And this old body you look at in the mirror and everything, you know, and it is pretty disgusting. The older, that's really no fun at all. <laughs> I'm glad my sight's getting bad <laughs> looking in the mirror and stuff like that. But there's my little woman there. She's actually, she'll be 80 in December. I'll be 79. She's got a year on me. She's much more mature than that good. But she does about everything. And, of course, we rode a go wing motorcycle for 20 years. Man, you should hear those culottes flap at 75 miles an hour. <laughs> Going over into Arkansas and turn it this way and make a few sparks and turn it that way and a few sparks. And, and she's hiked the Grand Canyon with me. And, you know, she couldn't do that at her age and stuff if she didn't keep using it. Use it or lose it. I realize there's situations can happen in life, but let's be honest about, you know, God gave us a wonderful body. It's an amazing body. Amazing. That use it the best that we but anyway the scriptures tell us that you shall, the word is keep. And that's the same word that's used of a sentinel. Back in the Roman days, we like a marine today when they plant themselves outside the door. You probably shouldn't be trying to get in there because them boys don't have time to fool with you. In other words, it will just, it will guard your life and what's going on. Then, but it gets on a little bit farther and says, finally. So, yes, what I've been waiting for is you can get to finally on this preaching. Finally, brethren and sisters, (laughs) here is now your test. So it would bother me Through the day, uh, because I knew somebody was probably going to call and ask how come the church hadn't paid their bill. Well, I could tell them why, because the the money wasn't there. But I can't tell you how much that bothered me. You know, that about drove me crazy that that was going to happen. So I had to somehow get that out of my mind just a little bit, and that's exactly what God told me. He's like, In other words, he said, David, verse 8 is your checklist on what you can think about and what you can't. If it's good for David, it's good for you. Because we be brothers and sisters in Christ. I mean, it's right here in the book, isn't it? So here's the things you can think about. You know, He said, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, you can think about it. Whatever things are honest, you can think about it. Whatsoever things are just, you can think about it. Whatsoever things are pure, you can think about it, that's good. Whatsoever things are lovely, you can think about it. Whatsoever things are of good report, you can think about it. If there's any virtue and there be any praise, think on these things, but if they don't have that, you can't. You say, yeah, but these other things are, that are problems that make me think. Okay, go ahead and think and fret and see if it pays any of the money. Repairs anything. And I'm not saying this is easy. I'm just saying this is good medicine right here in the Word of God that we would control our thinking. It's kind of like a checklist. Our church used to have an airplane. We had a little Cherokee, and I loved to fly, and I do that. So one time a preacher said, I've never been up in a small plane, Brother Hardy. You think you could take me up in a small plane? Yeah, I could do that. So we planned on it for a Sunday afternoon, about two or three weeks out. We're going to about three o'clock the afternoon, and he comes over to the little airport back behind our church. And so he, he's there, and I got the checklist out, and so I'm, I'm going through the checklist on the outside. You know, I'm checking the oil. I'm checking the ailerons. I'm checking the pitot tubes. I'm, I'm, going through all the, I'm going through everything. All, I'm going around this airplane and checking everything. And then I opened up the cockpit, and I crawled in, and then I started going through the checklist on the inside. And he said, I don't want to go. I said, you don't want to go? He said, no, I don't want to go. How come you don't want to go? We came out here, we got the airplane, you don't want to go. He said, if you don't know this airplane any better than this, I don't want to go. (laughs) And I said, this airplane not going any place till we go through the checklist. Amen? That's the way you feel when you get on one, you'd like for them to go through the checklist. Well, if pilots have got to go through the checklist, how come Christians shouldn't have to go through the checklist? God's given us a wonderful body and we need to take care of it as best we possibly can. Now that's basically what it's saying right here. These are the things you can think on, and things outside this don't. One last thought. Is our mind is amazing. Did you know part of your mind never really goes to sleep? Anything like that? You say, can you prove it? Yep. I, in fact, is when i tell you in a moment, a lot of you would be able to just stand beside me and say, yeah, he's telling the truth. My wife and I travel a lot. You already know that. We meet somebody in a church, and, and we're talking and said, you know, wasn't that a wonderful couple? You know, that we they had been some places we had been or knew some people we had known, and we started talking. I said, yeah, they were just famous. I really enjoyed visiting and everything. And then I said, what was their names? He says,
1: let me see now. Well, guess what? Ain't
3: nary one of us can come up with it. So then you go to bed, and you go to sleep. Quit grinning at me, I'm telling you. Yeah. <laughs> and you go to sleep, and you're sleeping really good, and about 2 o'clock in the morning, this crazy bell in your head goes, Rrrr. Jim and Darlene Smith, now write it down, I won't tell you again. So. <laughs> now here's the, here's the great truth. I didn't come up with it, but I know it's true. Whatever's on your mind when you go to sleep,
1: you're telling that part of you, this is what I want. Okay. It'll work itself to death
3: to get it for you. And if you're thinking about junk, when we say, what do you mean by junk? Anything that you don't need to be thinking about. I don't mean it's maybe immoral, but something that you just, in other words, there's no, no benefit in what you're thinking of. Quit it. You says, is that easy? No. It'll come back, kick it out again. I mean, you know, however many times you do it, get rid of it. If you don't, it's going to hurt you. That's some of the best medicine I've ever read in my entire life. And if I could pay heed to that as much as I should, the dividends have been, and I think going to be, great. This all stand. Heavenly Father,
1: thank you again for your goodness, for your word and the
3: great truths of your word. I want to thank you for these people. They've been a joy to be with. I love their countenance. I love the music. It's a good church. I hope no one here will take for granted a good church, a good pastor and leadership, pastor's wife and maybe associates and things, and officers and people in the church that work. But, Lord, just to love each other. I mean, this world needs to see what real love is all about. And there's no better place to look for it in a church. And everybody here ought to be thinking about right now. I'm going to think about some good stuff. One of them would be is to be a godly person, to be a friend to somebody else, and enjoy the great closeness that we have in our church. There might be other needs, and I know that you're able to meet all of them. There's not one that you can't. So as we have a brief invitation shortly and head our separate ways Lord. we need to be thinking about doing something different help us to be honest with you about it bring it to your attention say lord help me i'm going to do the best i can to follow your direction in jesus name amen and as we have a verse of invitation you want to come talk to the lord about it you've been you know that old song um leave it there take your burden to the Lord and leave it there you probably, haven't you heard that leave it there leave it there take your burden to the Lord and leave it there I think in my church sometimes people did that on Sunday but I think on Monday maybe early in the morning on the way to work it's still dark they come back got a key to the church that burdens come back down to the altar and let it back down You know, and they just didn't stay with it like they said they should and knew that they should. So, anyway, great verses. Let's have a verse of invitation if you need to come. Bring your burden if you have one and leave it while you're
4: here.
3: Some are already here if you need to come. God has a medicine, He tells us we can use it or not.
2: Go to the backs. Good to have them today. So appreciate them being with us uh, from the bulletin. Just a few things. Next uh, Sunday afternoon, we'll have a meeting about uh, Sunday school and children's church. Uh, I encourage you to plan on that following the afternoon service. Uh, Patch pirate uh, is going to get kicked off on the 13th. Uh, Sign up sheet there in the back for books, and they're ten dollars. And they like to have those paid for today. Uh, so that they can get those ordered. Uh, we're going to have uh, Brother John Roy with us on the 17th, the Youth Rally coming up this weekend. Uh, Brother Lalo's going to need a lot of help with this, and so Wednesday night uh, we'll have a meeting following the evening service, and uh, if we can be a help, I know that he would appreciate that. It's good to be in the Lord's house today. Lord bless you for being here. Brother VC. you got choir practice? All right, so choir, you'll need to come. And uh, I'm sure it'll be short because it's a holiday. But he's been gone for so long, I'm sure it won't be short. So, anyhow, uh, I encourage you to come. Thank you so much uh, for the music today. It's been really, really, really good. Thank you for the attentive spirit, uh, the desire to hear from God. Just a wonderful. Lord, we love you. Thank you so much for your great love for us. such a great and awesome God, and you love us and showers us with so many blessings we fail to really account for all that you give to us. I pray that you'd go before us this afternoon and keep us safe. I pray that uh, you would help us this week as we go out into the workplace and the highways and the byways, and Lord, give us opportunities to be witnesses and testimonies of your great goodness. Have your will and your way in our lives and our hearts. We love you. We ask these things in your name. Amen. Lord bless you.